The continent of Atlantis was an island which lay before the great flood in the area we now call the Atlantic Ocean. So great an area of land that from her western shores those beautiful sailors journeyed to the south and the North Americas with ease in their ships with painted sails. To the east, Africa was her neighbor across a short strait of sea miles. The great Egyptian age is but a remnant of the Atlantean culture. The antediluvian kings colonized the world. All the gods who play in the mythological dramas and all legends from all lands were from fair Atlantis. Knowing her fate, Atlantis sent out ships to all corners of the earth. On board were the twelve. The poet, the physician, the farmer, the scientist, the magician, and the other so-called gods of our legends. Though gods they were. And as the elders of our time choose to remain blind. Let us rejoice and let us sing and dance and ring in the new. Hail Atlantis!
podcast 256 entitled My Antediluvian Baby. And um, a number of these casts come out of uh, sort of a rumination on a line in a song or actually have more to do with music than with any kind of schematic or dogmatic or ideological presentation. Uh, um, I'm out running or walking and a song comes into the playlist or a note comes into the playlist that then creates a kind of chain reaction emotionally and ultimately ends up in a kind of a hopefully a kind of spiritual exercise that these podcasts are and um i was so struck uh, listening to the song we've just heard by donovan from 1970 entitled atlantis it's a famous song and the song is um really kind of ridiculous and also wonderful at the same time. It begins, as you could see, uh, by Donovan sort of reading um, kind of a text uh, out of Fortean magazine, something like that, from the 40s or 50s about the myth of the lost continent of Atlantis. And he says, um, the continent of Atlantis lay between the great sea and the mountains of and, and, and the uh, cultures of the pre-Atlantis Egypt. Knowing their fate, the Atlanteans set out in canoes across the sea. The pirate, the priest, the seer, the farmer, the engineer. And they were all the mythic gods of the future. Though gods they were. Anyway, uh, that's a kind of a, a parody of something. But it, 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 it sounds awfully um, important. And yet then, right at the moment when you sort of say, okay, already, it's a pretty long prelude. Wade, Atlantis, way, way beneath the sea, you and me. And then he suddenly starts talking about Atlantis, you and me, beneath the sea. And he starts talking about someone called his antediluvian baby. I've sweated for 50 years to try to, to, try to note the exact correct accent on which uh, Donovan uh, places the emphasis in antediluvian baby. And he repeats it again and again. And finally, it's sort of he even uses the word glub glub. He, he sees himself as kind of diving way beneath the ocean, you and me, my aunt. And then he keeps repeating this thing. And what he's saying is that there's someone down there, that uh, his baby, and because she was aunt from Atlantis, she was antediluvian, she was before the Great Flood, and he's, he's trying to think of going down and diving down, not in a bathosphere, but in his own... Uh, antediluvian being and reuniting with her or finding her there beneath the sea. It's a great longing for the, the mermaid, for the figure way, way beneath. And it's a, it's a very powerful song about love. And what, what I really want to say is that um, a lot of things, when you actually strip them clear, are that's what they're about. They're about relationships. We talk a lot about big ideas and ideological um, forms and narratives and actually all we're really interested in when the rubber hits the road is a relationship, is somebody. Um, Paula White is very good on this. She's constantly saying underneath all your the words, you just want, you want somebody. You, you want somebody who wants you, you know, and um, the uh, uh, most of these songs, 99% of the songs that we love uh, from those uh, great days of our youth have to do with a guy and a girl. There's something about a relationship. And uh, I mean, it, 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 you, you have to be with someone who's dying to understand this, or you have to 
you have to get sick. I invite you to get sick. Um, that's a sort of a false invite. But when you get sick, what you will find is that almost everything that you thought was important, and I mean everything from your golf game to politics to uh, elements of resentment in your past and things that you are have been worried about for many years, almost all fall away. What doesn't fall away is a love relationship. I mean, if Mary's ill or if I'm ill, if one of us is dying, that's really the only thing that I'm thinking about. You know, hold my hand, you know, please hold my hand. Um, be with me. Uh, and, and a lost love relationship, or hopefully a present love relationship, husband, wife, adult child, um, father, mother, hopefully it's a peer. And best of all, if it's a peer who's someone still living who can be with you. But this is the, the fun uh, and the depth of the great song about oceanic depths, which is Atlantis. And I want to take this a step further. I'm really talking about always in these podcasts, I'm trying to get you to look at um, the gospel and look at a God and look at the uh, profundity of Jesus Christ's death and resurrection and his miracles and his teachings, um, but his being, his eternal being, an enduring personality who he, he behold, he lives. Uh, I'm trying to ask you to look at the real issues of your life, not the secondary issues or the issues that you think you ought to be interested in or the issues that you say, you know, well, you haven't seen a friend for a long time and you sit down for coffee and you say, well, how's it going? And then, well, you describe something that's going on in your life that has the appearance of importance, but you almost never or very rarely talk about what's really important, what you're really thinking about. If they knew what you were really thinking about, whether it's in church or walking around the track or um, driving your car, if they knew what you were really contemplating, what the thoughts and images and pictures that were really going through your mind, well, you, they, no one ever knows. There's a great scene in an English play when, when someone, a very English type of person, is saying, you know, n not only do you not know what I'm talking about, he happens to have been married to this woman for 25 years. The, uh, it's a long uh, novella entitled by Walter de la Mare, uh, called The Return, in which a man says to the wife he's been married to for 25 years and he says to her and she says the same back you know we have never in 25 years of marriage talked about what we're really thinking and how we really see the other both in love and in importuning and in um judgments and criticisms and it's so shocking when they realize this their relationship there's almost no real communication so what i'm always asking you to do is to look at communication with god let alone somebody else in light of what's really on your mind well um atlantis is a funny and useful example of a song in which the man is not really interested in the the the, the seer and the farmer and the engineer and the um all the different sages of the world, though gods they were, he's not really interested in that. He's really interested in, in way beneath the ocean. He's interested in his antediluvian baby. That's who he's interested in. And he only repeats the phrase about 25 times. Listen to the song. And if you can get the right accent, call me. Call me, call me. Now, um, the uh, thing that I've always uh, tried to say is to try to put the most important thing in your life in perspective with God, to talk about it with God, and it's something we really do. And I'm one. I had a classic example of this. Well, I want to pass it on and then talk a little bit about um, a, uh, uh, a final song that kind of uh, reveals the magic of uh, of when you really um, 
are in touch with the eternal, which is rare but utterly unique and life propulsive once and, and life giving once it happens. And um, I, uh, I was complaining about a friend of mine who lives far away from here, and I said, you know, he, um, he's really becoming an old man. I mean, he's middle aged. He's not old. He's middle aged. Um, he's in late middle age, but he's not an old man. He's still working. And he, he sounds like an old man, looks like an old man, talks like an old man. And she said, Mary said, bless her heart. She said, well, so did you until you arrested it. She said, and so did you look, sound, speak like an old man, feel like an old man, think like an old man until you arrested it. Well, that's both a devastating comment of truth and also a very powerful one. You mean you really think I've arrested it? Well, we then talked about some things that have gone on in the church we attend and the ministry of Paula White, which people give me an enormous amount of grief for because they read on the Internet things and they are absolutely um, unable to compute that I might say something very positive and very wonderful about the effect that this woman's ministry has had, the Holy Spirit through her. And um, I get so much grief. Uh, another friend of mine recently affirmed it. He said, you know, I've thought a lot about this and I, I see something very good happening. But what was striking is as I walked out the door to, uh, not in anger, but just walked out the door to do an afternoon walk, a long walk on the track here. Um, I was very anxious about something. I've been very anxious about a trip I'm taking, a short trip, not about the relationships that the trip uh, is really about at all, but about the secondary matters, uh, the flying, the going to airports, the house, the cleaning. We live in two places, going to a place, fixing it up, getting groceries, making sure it's ready, and then when people leave, making sure it's all ready for us to come back later and getting to the airport. I mean, you wouldn't believe the things I worry about. They're all logistic. They're not only not they're not only not primary they're not even secondary they're not even the kinds of things i would i'd be embarrassed to tell you that i was really thinking about them they are they function as primary but they're actually tertiary or maybe quadriplatentiary is that a word a quadrophenia they, they, they are they are not important and um and yet here i am and mary said gosh i wish i could take that anxiety away i'd do anything to to help you be less anxious and as i went out and thought about that i thought about this what i'm trying to say in this podcast here i am uh, remarking about the wonderful influence that a certain ministry has had on my life and god through the ministry the holy spirit through the ministry has apparently in some ways arrested my my uh, um, uh, falling into old age and arrested it. And um, I thought to myself, well, now, why haven't I talked about... Identic thought came to me. Why aren't you talking to God about your anxiety? I mean, this ridiculous anxiety about this trip. Everything's easy. There's no problem. Everything's ready. Everything's fine. And it's only a doorway to something very wonderful. And uh, why worry about the details? Well, the point is, I had not... It's so entrenched in me. It's so part of my habituated self that I hadn't for one second thought to sort of go to Paula White, as it were, who's not here, but who in my head or in my... Go to God, really. Go to God and say, Lord, I'm, I'm dealing with a problem, a ridiculous problem, of which I'm really remorseful and embarrassed. Uh, Tupper Saucy always says, embarrassed, I'm embarrassed, Tupper Saucy. Um, but I am. And had the thought occurred to me to say to Lord, I, God, I, I have this embarrassing fixation on minor details of a trip. Would you covenant to take this from me? Would, would you take this from me? Or rather, could I give this to you? Could I give this thing to you? It helps me just to say it to you now. Could I give this to you? Could I give this thing that I've never even thought of praying about? Now, 
My point is, think about yourself. I mean, how many things are you... You just take it as a given. You, I, I took it as a given that I would be worried about this. And once I started panicking about it about a week ago, thinking about all the things that go wrong and all the little details and what will I do this and what will happen this night and how will I return and how will they return and when will I clean the, the, the beds? I mean, did it ever occur to me to talk to God about it? No, not one second. Now, what about you? I mean, I, I say it because it has now, by the grace of God, between a, a, a remark in time that was very empathic, very compassionate, not judgmental from Mary, and my own experience of other things that have gone to God that I had not for many, many years thought of actually taking to God. I might prospectively consider them things to be taken to God, but in, in a box marked, no, not. You know, they should be not. In this, I hadn't even thought about this habituated anxiety. Well... I did a little talking to him, uh, and uh, I feel better. But the point is, I bring to you the possibility that important things are not even... Uh, you, you haven't even considered that God could, in fact, lift them from you and to pray about them. So that's all I wanted to say, and I, I put it to you as I put it to myself, as Mary put it to me, and I I, uh, I would put it to Donovan. Do you really think reading from the Fortean Times, you know, about Atlantis is really particularly... <clears throat> meaningful and he would say well to me it was very meaningful in the year 1970 it was very meaningful however the song is in fact about a girl a guy that's what i'm that's what the man is willing to go 10,000 feet beneath the ocean you know down into the straits of messina that, that's what he's willing to do that's what he wants he, he's it's important enough to go down no bathysphere here just go down to his death to find uh, you and me you know and um that's the power of the depth of the song. And when we get to that depth with ourselves and with God, because ultimately it's before God and he's the one who can change it. He is the one who can take it away. I can't, but he can. He really can. And he does when you open it up. You know, it's like a tin of sardines. You know, <laughs> you Open it up. And um, so I play the final song because then something that might be known as magic, I would call it miracle, I would call it closure, I would call it... Uh, a true answer. I would call it uh, um, a, uh, a, a a deliverance, a breakthrough, to quote Eddie James. I would uh, talk about the power of the Holy Spirit, and I would talk about the magic, which in this famous song is really just about a girl, but it's uh, it, it's pretty much the real thing. Thank you so very much, and God bless you. Oh, really?